Now, it's Health and Wellbeing with naturopath Peter Mullen. That's how we kick off our Tuesday afternoons around here with, of course, said presenter, Peter Mullen and Health and Wellbeing. Today, mate, continuing on from last week, a little bit more on anxiety. Yeah, look, I thought it's such a, such a big issue and challenge for people. And um, last week we had three really good callers um, gave us their tips on uh, how, what they found has really helped them with anxiety, I think. Um, yeah, so we'll go over those. But, um, yeah, we'd also love to hear from anyone else out there, any callers that have found something, something that, you know, self-help-wise or natural that you've found that's really helped you get a, a handle on your man, on your anxiety or manage your anxiety. Or maybe some things that haven't worked as well that yeah, were yeah. promised. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a conversation that needs to happen. Like, there's still, unfortunately, there's still so much stigma, a stigma attached to things like anxiety and depression. You know, even though we're a lot more people generally a lot more accepting and understand that these conditions you, you are know, real whenever, and whenever we talk to anybody in the the mental health space just to put a big umbrella on that for the minute you know it, there's still you're right it's still out there and it's it's like if you've got a broken arm or a broken leg i can see it so yes. I, I know how to feel for you and yes. get around it but anything up top it's like it's still a bit of an unknown for yeah people. yeah and, and people don't sort of so anxiety in essence is kind of like a a, a broken nervous system response so it's a problem that's developed and unfortunately gets stuck in a loop so um yeah so we need to understand that that you know ha- having anxiety is a bit like having it's like ha- kind of like having an overactive nervous system so people are familiar with the concept of having an overactive thyroid um so which where your thyroid produces too much thyroid hormone anxiety in essence is an overactive nervous system when the ner- where the nervous system is producing too much of the wrong type of um, hormone or neurotransmitter, which keeps the body in that heightened state of um, fight or flight all the time. So, yeah. so it's not a bad way to think about it. Is that that like it's not a yeah. Now we all have sort of events or times in our lives where things are a little bit spiked, so we will be a bit anxious over uh, a particular thing. How do you determine the difference between just a bit of general anxiety than than something that is a little bit more deeper? Well, look, it's, it's always a, a bit of a double-edged sword. I, I see a lot of kids every year doing their HSE and, you know, they'll all come in, you know, suffering from stress and anxiety to a point. And, but I'll always say to them, look, it's a fine line. It's hard to be a high achiever without a certain amount of stress and anxiety to get you there. So stress and anxiety, you know, we'll all experience it at some point in our life because it is, it is a natural um, response um, by the brain, by the nervous system to elevated levels of stress or perceived stress. Where anxiety becomes a problem, as I said, is anxiety is basically an overactive nervous system and where it becomes a problem is where it starts to interfere with your daily life. You know, where you can't go, can't leave the house because your anxiety is too high or, you know, you can't concentrate and focus. Um, and it's actually interesting. People, when they're in an anxious loop, if they're, if they're having a panic attack or their anxiety is high, the brain actually bypasses the part of the brain to do with rational thinking. So the worst thing you so can your body, say... Your body works against you sometimes. Uh, yeah, it does. And, and the worst thing to say to someone suffering from anxiety or having a panic attack is, don't worry about it, calm down, chill out. Like, mm-hmm. Because by the time, it's a bit like once the horse has bolted, it's too late. You've got to almost let that, that patch of anxiety run its course before then you might be able to get a chance to you know, 
strengthen your nervous system in between times. In, in the history of human civilization, has anybody actually calmed down from being told to calm down? No. And say not. <laughs> no, it actually probably has the opposite effect. Yeah, just, just calm down. Just, just relax. <laughs> well, just to recap from last week, Petey, we did have a couple of calls uh, from, uh, from good listeners that actually had tried some things that had worked in their anxiety journey. Yeah, one, one lady was telling us that she'd been to a, um, an outpatient program at one of the hospitals that offers that and where you learn cognitive therapy and tips and things to help manage um, anxiety. Uh, one of the things she said worked really well for her when she was feeling flushed or anxious was like a cold pack, like cold water or cold towel or a cold pack on her face, just to really... Because what it does, it sort of counter 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 irritates what your nervous system is trying to do. The other thing that that lady mentioned was um, putting on some music that she really loved and dancing. I and reckon that's a, a, a winner. That one. It's a winner, yeah. isn't it? Because the problem is, or the interesting thing is, if you're anxious or having an anxiety episode, your your body and your nervous system, your physiology adopts the pose for what that's supposed mm. to be like. But if you get up and move your body contrary to what your nervous system really would like your brain gets a bit confused and it can actually take you out of that anxious loop. So putting some music dancing around can actually get you out of that anxiety loop. So it's interesting. To get into anxiety, your body fights against you and there's your chance to fight back. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, the other, uh, we had another caller um, and she was saying that what really made a big difference for her was um, making time for herself recognizing that she needed to plan time where she could be by herself do her own thing get herself together and she said that really helped her to manage or get on top of her anxiety and the third caller from memory i did write good notes but i left my book at home um i'm pretty sure that she mentioned meditation so you know straight away there are three great tips mm. off the bat which that one in a way is kind of sort of putting into the making time for yourself because it's just completely about you and the rest of the world is just out there you're not sort of tapping into it yeah absolutely and meditation again is a learnt skill you know the hardest thing to do is if you're having a panic attack or you're in an anxious state it's a bit like as i said trying to shut the gate once the horse has bolted it's hard to help yourself then but in the between times when you're feeling better Meditation can really help you just strengthen that stress response, um, retrain the nervous system. So, and meditation, like so many things, takes practice. And Peter, back on anxiety today. Some of the things that work and don't work. Colleen from Salamander Bay dropped us a line. She's had some success with Astragalus Eight. Okay. Well, look, Astragalus Eight, um, or Astragalus the herb, is a Chinese herb, and I've mostly thought of it as an awesome um, herbal formula for anyone that's had glandular fever, Epstein-Barr virus or chronic fatigue type issues. It's really good for um, people recovering from long-term illness, so it's a really good tonic. Um, but there has been some animal studies that it does help reduce anxiety, lowers cortisol um, and may even help balance blood sugar levels. So that's the wonderful thing about a lot of these herbs is they, they sort of had have quite a few areas that they work on. But... um. Yeah, so reducing cortisol is obviously going to give you a much um, better baseline for your stress response. So that's Gee, great. It's a bit of a, an all-rounder, that one, isn't it? Absolutely, mm. absolutely. Okay, good afternoon, Sue from Abermain. Uh, you would like to discuss your anxiety with Peter. You're on the line at the moment. Good afternoon. Hi, Hi Sue. Good afternoon. Hi. Um, first, first of all, I think it's um, useful to say 
haven't we all been given an awful lot of unhelpful advice if we're feeling anxious? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, how often uh, have people been told, oh, man up, or get over it, or... You know, I, I just think that's pretty unhelpful. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think that just shows people's lack of understanding about what what's actually going on. Yeah, and well, I don't know. It's, this has only been helpful for me. I just think that um, if I was ever in a situation where I had uh, conflict, which always stresses me out, uh, having to manage people in a conflict scenario or to uh, go into a meeting that was bound to be adversarial, I used to just slow my breathing down. Yeah, fantastic. Well, it's simple, you know. I mean, how often do we find ourselves hyperventilating (laughs) when we're stressed out? So I learned how to do that simple thing, just breathe deeply and slowly, and it slows your heart down and helps you to think more clearly and feel a bit more in control. That's that's fantastic because what happens with anxiety, because your nervous system is priming you for that fight-or-flight response, everything speeds up. So if mm. you can consciously go against the flow... So did you would you count in for a breath, in for five, and then no, out for five, I, or you just... That would have taken too much uh, dedication, I think. I just became aware yes. uh, to do it. And uh, every time I started to feel anxious, that's what I did. Um, and it helped, and it still helps occasionally. Thankfully, I'm I'm not in such a stressful job as I was then. That's fantastic. So, thank thank you mm. so much, Sue. That is really really great advice. I tell you what, everyone's got their ways, isn't it? But uh, just slowing that breathing down is a, a bit of a, a, a nice low low tech way to do it. Yeah, look, absolutely. And I think Sue had a really good point. If you if you start to recognise the early signs that you're starting to get. Um, stressed or anxious that's the time to try these techniques to actually try and head it off at the pass so yeah that's great advice okay looking for some more of your calls how have you been able to beat anxiety 49216216 so we're looking for uh, some more there of course colleen gave us the astragalus aid and the uh, and the uh, slow breathing and uh, slowing things down maybe peter that's something a bit of a almost a metaphor for life we just need to sort of slow down a little bit more and and try and remove some of that stress how you do that on a practical level though can be a bit trickier look uh, it was the it- that's uh, one of the reasons I think why we're having such a, uh, all of us having such trouble these days with stress and, you know, the the upregulated version of that, which is you know full on anxiety, um, is I think pace of life. And actually, I, I'm going on holidays earlier last year, I came across a book in a bookshop, and it was something around why Dutch babies are the happiest babies in the world. And what the concept was that basically. Um, the the book was sort of saying that that um, Dutch parents have a much more relaxed attitude to child rearing mm. and having babies and what that entails. And you know, one of the the most stressful groups of people that I see on a regular basis are young young new mums that are you know sleep deprived babies with colic. Like having a baby these days days seems like a really stressful, angst ridden period in our life, rather than something that you know, is peaceful and calm and slow and nurturing. So um, one of the, the... So that was one point is that, you know, we, we all want to do things. We all want to do things perfectly. And I think, you know, social media sort of makes us a bit more aware of that, that we're, 
you know, you're not keeping up if you're not keeping up. It doesn't help a lot of times. No, but one of the premises in the book, and I love this concept, they talked about this concept of good enough. Mm-hmm. And what they meant by that is, remember um, our grandparents, they lived in houses that were old houses. They might have been, you know, timber cottages or whatever, but the gardens were always well looked after. The grass was always mowed. But they had the same kitchen that they've always had because why get a new kitchen if the kitchen you have is good enough? They drove the same car that they had for the last 20 years because why get a new car if the car you have is good enough? It still works. It still works. The oven still works. The oven still works. The carpet might be threadbare, but it's still good enough. And I think this day and age, like, we've lost that concept. And even from a, um, a personal point of view, if you can just tell yourself that you're good enough exactly as you are, you don't have to do anything different or be anywhere be different to how you are because you've already achieved it or arrived at being good enough the way you are it's kind of an interesting concept it goes against probably the you know the other side of things which there's always room for improvement and bigger is better and brighter is flasher and that but i think we've lost that concept of how to just really be really appreciate what we do have and thank you, Karen at Beresfeld, for hanging on there. You've got some workplace anxiety that you were able to look after. Hey, how you doing? Yeah, good, thank you. <laughs> That's good. I mean, I could talk about it till the cows come home about this issue, that this matter, but I won't. But, <laughs> thank you. Um, um, I, <laughs> I think it um, affects us all um, in different ways, but at the end of the day, it makes us all feel the same like crap. But um, I, there was a point in time in my life I went through it, and mine was probably work. Based, you know, I had a, a really pressured job and everything. Yes. And every time I'd get in the car of an afternoon, I used to panic at the red set at a set of lights, you know. And I, I didn't know how to slow down because my job was so busy. I just didn't know how to slow down. Yeah. And when I get in the car and get to a red set of lights, I, I didn't know how to stop. And I, I'd be just about on the floor of my car thinking, oh, what's going on with me? Because oh, I didn't idea. understand what was going yes. on with me either yeah. until I went and got some help and they told me what I had was quite normal. It was anxiety because I'd never heard of it before. But until you know what you go, what it is, it's, it's quite scary. Do you know what I mean? So oh, once absolutely. you know that what you're going through is a normal thing that many people have it, um, until you accept it and understand what it is, you just, you know, that's, that, that's an anxiety in itself. Yeah, but, um, but, but what I did when I got to the red set of lights, I was told to, you know, um, get a rubber band on my arm before I left work. And then when I get to that red set of lights, um, I'd start to panic again. So I would just get it and stretch it and let it go. And I'd be cracking up laughing at myself thinking, you idiot, you idiot, you know. And I'd start laughing about it. And then the lights would turn green and off I'd go. So little things like that just to help me through. I know I'm not telling anyone to inflict pain on themselves, but it worked for me. I'll tell you what, uh, Peter, any time that you throw laughter in there, it works laughter the best medicine. Oh, look, absolutely. And and I think Karen had... You know, some really good points there. Like, a lot of people suffering with anxiety don't even know they're suffering with anxiety. Mm. They just feel like there's there's got to be something seriously wrong because that's the thing with anxiety is 
it's it's a fear. It's like your, all your fear senses are turned on on overload. So, yeah, finding out what's going on and understanding that, recognizing you're not alone, is is awesome advice. But um, getting the rubber band on your arm again, you're disrupting what your brain and nervous system is trying to do. Yeah. So you're sort of again trying to give yourself it's a those distraction. Dis- those disruptors. Isn't yeah, it? it's a disruptor. It's a pattern breaker. So that's um that was great advice. Heading to Bonnells Bay, Rose, you've got some anxiety to talk about too. Good afternoon, Hello. Rose. Yes, your anxiety oh, today. Oh, sorry. Hello, Rose. Uh, yes, I have panic disorder for a long time. And I find that if I talk to people, ring them up and just talk about nothing or just grab someone and talk, I find that it goes over and yeah, okay. I feel much better. Um, it's very hard, though. Um, I, I had a breakdown years ago and I felt like... I, if I laid down, I was going to die and all these horrible My things. My goodness, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I'm on medication. I've been on it for a long time from the doctor. Yes, yes. But I find that little things like that, talking to people, um, just talk about nothing and take your mind off the subject, I, I find it helps a lot, even if you just ring up someone or grab so someone it. and just sit down and say, have a chat. I'm just having a panic attack, talk to me. <laughs> ah, that's, that's, that's great. So, but one of my patients said that to me recently, actually, that um, it took them a while, number one, just to accept the fact that they were having or that they had an anxiety problem. And then yeah. they made light of it the same. They said in their workplace, don't mind me, I'm just having a panic attack. And just it demystifies the whole. It's like saying to someone, you know, I've got a headache. Like, you know, we can understand that. But I think the more people talk about their symptoms and how they're feeling, I think, the, the, the as you said, it helps you de-stress or unwind from that. But I think it helps people understand what's going on as well. So thank you so much, Rose. Thank you, Rose. Uh, last one today, Josh at Singleton. Uh, you've got some anxiety to talk about too with Peter. Hey, Josh. Hey, how you going? Good, thanks, mate. Um... Yeah, all these brave people talking about anxiety. Um, oh, it's fantastic. It should be talked about more. I I was brought up in, uh, with a veteran father, undiagnosed PTSD, so it was sort of an anxious household. Yeah. Um, but mine was triggered from a motorbike accident, um, and it just sent me into the heights of fight flight. And being a six foot two biker, I sort of didn't have a flight. I just had the fight. It's, um, yeah, for I sure. Found I found that um, healthy body, healthy mind. Yes. Um, uh, or I've tried the elastic band, like uh, Karen, I think it was. Said. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but professional help. I went got professional help because I'd, I'd never experienced anything like that before. And, and it, I knew that I had to go and talk to someone. And the help out there that's available to people is, is unbelievable these days. Yeah, that's right. Um. Uh, I, st- I still suffer anxiety now, but I, I realise the situations, and I, I don't put myself in situations where I know I'm going to know I'm going to lose it. So, sort of controlling the drinking and and um, controlling my my surroundings and stuff like that. It's, it's that's how I get through it. That's awesome, mate. Like there, um, just even as you said, healthy body, healthy mind, like really helps, and um, um what you said about like being aware of what situations you need to avoid i think they're really really good tips josh thank you very much josh rose karen sue and uh, colleen for the advice as well and uh, as josh said uh, very brave people today peter
Well, absolutely, and it should be like that too. You know, we should feel free to talk about what's going on with our health, not, you know, have it in that mysterious bag of mental health and, <clears throat> you know, not discuss it. So I, I really appreciate all of those callers today and, um, you know, I hope those tips have really been able to help um, quite a few listeners out there as well. Peter, next week uh, you're back on a next Tuesday afternoon and the next time you'll be talking according to your notes, toxins. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, you know, things can change in the meantime, Mark, but... Um, we could talk toxins or we could talk about something else. We'll just see. We'll see do. how the week unfolds. We hey? will do our best. Peter Mullen, as always, thank you for your time. Thank you, Mark. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.